Oh, Smash. Alex, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good for take two, take two today. Um, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna be good now. Good to go. <clears throat> Sounds good. Hopefully, uh, no more uh, canines interrupt us. <laughs> Eighty-five pound golden retriever sitting right next to me, so she may be breathing heavily uh, at some point <laughs> during the show. Hope, hopefully not. She looks like she's uh, sleeping right now, so hopefully she stays asleep. Yeah. Um, JB, I might, I don't know if I like, if I like my dog, not my dog, my girlfriend's dog better than, than Sage. It's a close call. I like both. But also what kind of dog is it, Alex? It's a black lab and she's oh, all- typical. Yeah. No, it's not a black lab. It's, she's definitely a mix. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a little mixture. Um, but I, I mean, to describe her to people not seeing her, she she looks like a black lab. She's a little mixed, but she's a black lab. But anyway, like I was saying, um, so let's, let's just try to redo this whole thing over again. So <laughs> how close are you and JB to each other right now? About 30 feet. 30 feet. So you all had a good weekend in Memphis, right? Y'all, and we, we talked about you watching tennis, and I was going to say, um, the funny thing is I do like to go run before um, the games start here at noon, and um, I, I'll finish running right at, right around noon, and you'll usually – run through bucket i run through bucket and where like all the bars are you can sit outside and they're usually playing some football but yesterday they were playing the u.s open and i was kind of dumbfounded while they were playing that over football but i guess it is in fact a bigger deal than we think so i guess people do watch tennis over football but that's that's my good story for the day <laughs> that's it's all the good stories I have. Don't worry, no more good stories. It sounds like you know, just you know, crickets like in you know, like in a SpongeBob episode when Squidward has the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yep, you don't have to comment. It's okay. It's okay. I'll just I'll see myself out. All right. So, um, y'all watched football yesterday. Where, where did y'all go eat? Because Memphis has, Memphis has a lot of good food. We're all from there, so they have a lot of good food. And here's here's a question I have: Is where did y'all go eat? And do you ever want to try anything new besides like the typical places in Memphis or do you want to branch out? I like well, branching out, but, uh, when Holt's in town, I like to give him the leeway to, uh, you know, go to the places that he knows and he's comfortable with. So you went where Friday, tell me Friday through today. <laughs> you want to go Holt? Sure. Yeah. So Friday, uh, we could have pretty much gone anywhere cause we didn't have anything to do. So uh, we just, we went ahead and went to Central Barbecue. Uh, yeah, it was like maybe three in the afternoon, so I guess you would call it lunch. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just had to get the barbecue nachos with French fries instead of chips, and the fries were fresh, and it was just really good. Put some which, extra uh, jar rub and sauce on top. Which location did you go to? Uh, the one on Summer, right? Yeah, Summer Avenue. Did you pay for the extra waitress service, JB? No, no, we get it ourselves. I would, I would prefer to do that, but like whenever I, I went there the first time, I thought you had to do that, so like I, I did that. And then, like the next time I went with you, I like was waiting on the server, and you just like went up and got your food and your drink without the server. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we can do that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm here eating, and you're just like, why did you get your food already? Yeah, it's actually um, the one on summer. Have you been there before, Holt? Yeah, yeah, I've been there a few times. 
Yeah, it's um, I, I kind of like that location. It's um, it's actually a really good Memphis watch party for Memphis football and basketball, obviously, or any any sports. So if y'all went there <coughs> yesterday, which I know y'all didn't go there for football, but if y'all went there yesterday, it'd be probably a pretty good spot to watch games. They have a lot of TVs, and it's usually on good games. But um, if Memphis was playing, they would that would take precedence over um, any SEC games. So probably a good idea that you didn't go. Yeah, but, yeah. So you had barbecue, nachos with fries, extra sauce, extra rub. No surprises there. JB, I'm assuming you had the same? Yeah, I did the same thing. And then uh, that night – Hold on, hold on, hold on. I still have questions about Central. Because I, if I was there, I'd probably get the same thing. But they have really good other items besides barbecue and nachos that I've always wanted – I've had before. I've had before, but I have always want to eat something else in addition to the barbecue nachos. But it's kind of tough because you don't want to spend like $40 on food. But they have good ribs. Wings, the smoked wings are really good, but they also have yeah. brisket brisket that I haven't tried before. I'm wondering if you tried that, JB. Yeah, I've tried the brisket there before. I've actually had it. Uh, it's part of a meat tray when uh, when I used to have it catered. You liked it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, brisket's really not my thing. I'm more into the pulled pork. Yeah, I kind of um, I kind of want to try brisket more because if you um, if you hear which I haven't talked to you about Texas, but if you hear about Texas barbecue, that's their big thing is beef brisket. And um, I really haven't had too much brisket in my life, and I really want to uh, eat some more, try it, and see how good it can be because I think, I think brisket probably is pretty good. I just don't – I don't remember really trying it too much. What about you, Holt? Yeah, I'm not as big on brisket either. But uh, – and I agree with you about Central having a lot of good other stuff on the menu. It's just I don't eat there enough to try anything that I don't, you know – always want to get um like the smoked dry rub wings are outstanding um but i didn't get any the other day because i just wanted i just wanted to crush some nachos real quick so i got you so you went you went to central for lunch at three and then you had to eat dinner what'd you eat dinner last night yeah well we we went to uh we were our alma mater uh, high school actually opened up a new like a brand new stadium. It's huge, and uh, we were gonna go check it out, uh, but unfortunately they weren't playing there yet, so they're still playing at the at the original location, the one that I played in many uh, years ago back oh, really? in my glory days. Yeah, I can't believe so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks like it's done. I, I'm not really sure what they're doing, but Did you uh, drive by. Yeah. So, but basically, like. You know, we were getting killed, so we, we didn't bother paying for a ticket. We just yeah. kind of watched a little bit from the road. But uh, they just went back and uh, went to a place called Booyah's. That's, uh, I don't know if it's, like, the only one. It seems it, like it would be a chain, but I'm pretty sure it's the only one. It is. It's a local place. Yeah, yeah. and it's – yeah, it's really good. I always get the uh, – they have, like – it's kind of like, uh, like a Chipotle type thing for, like, burritos, mm-hmm. like, where they – make it and you like tell them what to put in it and stuff like that um and it's really good i'm a big fan of it and i just got i just got like a beef burrito um but and we're talking about booyahs booyahs is really good i I don't go there as much but i do like it a lot um but they they actually have really good burgers i know they're like more of a burrito place kind of like what you're saying chipotle or um moe's but they they have really good burgers they're huge too i'm sure jb got that no, I actually got tacos, but I, I love their I love their burgers too. I just I get I get enough burgers, so I just wanted to you know do what they're known for, which is their burritos. Although they are known for the burgers too. Yeah, and that, every time you go there, not anymore because we're we're a lot older and we're a lot further away from graduation graduating high school. But uh, 
it's usually a high school reunion in there. Every time you go in there, you see everybody you know, um, especially after games on Friday night. So I'm sure there's a lot of people coming from the game that went there. Not like the, yeah. not like the glory days where you go to the um, go to Chili's and cry. We've moved, we've moved up. We moved up in the bill. We got Booyah's, our own local establishment. So that was sat- that was Friday and Saturday. You, did you get barbecue again? Uh, JB, you go ahead because you know more about this place than I do. Yeah, Saturday, uh, we didn't want to leave the, leave the place at all. <laughs> we just wanted to stay in and watch football and not be distracted. So we uh, had food delivered to us. We had uh, Boss's uh, wings delivered to us. Uh, we didn't do wings. But both of us did chicken tenders. Holt did uh, honey gold tenders, and I did uh, questionable decision tenders, which is the second hottest uh, hot Ooh. sauce that they have. Ooh, I don't like that. That doesn't sound good to me. Oh, it's it's really not that hot. It's amazing. And uh, we did that, like, just tender biscuits with, you know, with uh, fries. Like, we ate like children, you know, for lunch. But that's just, you know, good, you know, football food. So we had that for lunch. And then uh, for dinner last night, uh, we didn't go to dinner until, like, 11 o'clock. We went to Kooky Canuck and had some pretty good food there. It's good. It's a really good, a really good Memphis place. And it used to, I forgot what it used to be called. It used to be called Bigfoot Lodge. Bigfoot Lodge. And for people listening, um, it was, it, I think it still is the place where you can do a huge, um, what, it's like a seven or eight pound burger challenge where if you eat in an hour, it's free. And then you have a, a dessert challenge where it's called like the Avalanche, where it's like, it's like four pounds of ice cream or something crazy like that. And I don't know if you get that for free if you eat it. If you eat it all, but um, JB can talk about it for a second. No, uh, it's a four-pound burger that you have to eat within an hour, and if you eat it within an hour, it's free. Uh, they also have two avalanches. They've got the uh, mini avalanche, which is nine scoops. That's the one that me and Hold always got, and we still couldn't finish that. And then they got the main avalanche, which is eighteen scoops of ice cream. Did y'all get so y'all got the the, the four-pound burger and the avalanche last night? No. <laughs> Did y'all even get the mini avalanche? No, oh man. Um, so you went there. Much. You went there late to watch Pac-12 football that you don't really care too much about. Um, but this week, there were some decent games. Um, I mean, the Clemson game was obviously good, but other than that, um, I don't know. I don't know about SEC games. Honestly, JV, how um, how much of a dumbass do you think you feel like for picking South Carolina to beat Georgia? South Carolina. Kind of proved me wrong here. They uh, they were who we thought they were. Yep, channeling your Dennis Green here. Except I'm not gonna I'm not gonna punch my phone. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell you that uh, they kind of proved to me yesterday that they aren't ready yet. Uh, they're yeah. still they're still another year or two away. Uh, they're still they're still got some work to do in rebuilding. Uh, I still think they're on the right track, but uh, they're definitely not ready to compete with the uh, big boys yet. It was yeah. you know. I, I, I'll let you talk about it for a second. Hold on. I just want to say one thing and I'll let you talk. Um, when I was – what I was upset with the most in that game is how it started that that pick six that Georgia had because that was an unlucky interception for Jake Bentley. And I was like, man, this isn't going to go well if they're going to get plays like that. So that's what I was like, okay, I guess this game's not going to be as close as I thought it was. But it's still – they came back and played pretty good, pretty pretty hard. But Georgia just looks a lot better than South Carolina. Right, Holt? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just what I was going to say is um, part of the, the problem to me is, like, everyone was picking this game as an upset, and I just don't think Georgia was overlooking it at all. And, you know, South Carolina came back and kind of made it a close game, you know, towards the end of the second half. But 
this the end of the first half and then the entire second half, Georgia pretty much just dominated uh, both lines of scrimmage. Uh, just very physical team, and South Carolina just couldn't didn't have the uh, horses to match up with them quite yet. I'm trying to think. That was the the three thirty CBS games. I'm not sure. Besides, obviously, I was watching the Memphis game. I'm not sure what other big games there were on that were on at that time. Was y'all's entire focus on that this game? So, did you watch from kickoff till the last final seconds of the game? No, I honestly only watched like the first half, and then once it kind of got away from him in the second half, I was flipping around. I can't remember what other game was on right then, but there was another game I was watching instead. Okay. Yeah, we were we were flipping around uh, once this game got out of hand to the third quarter, and uh, we flipped around with a bunch of games. I can't remember. Memphis Navy was one of them. Uh, Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm just kind of curious when your your um, JB is welcoming you welcoming you into his home hold. Who controls the TV changer on football Saturdays? That's actually a really funny story. So. It started off with JB controlling, which I was fine with. And then he just, like, didn't even say anything and just walked up and, like, went into his room for, like, a couple hours. I guess he was watching the, the Tennessee game, and he didn't want, you know, to force me to watch that, which is nice of him. Yeah. And then, like, I, I kind of had the remote, and uh, I guess I wasn't doing a good job, so he came over <laughs> and he uh, he brought he brought me some Oreos. <laughs> and he, he, handed, he handed me the Oreos. And then he kind of, like, grabbed the remote, like, while he was handing them to me and then, like, <laughs> tried to act like nothing happened. <laughs> I, can, I can totally picture him doing exactly that. That's a funny story because I'll, 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 I'll reminisce with you a little bit, Hole and JV. One of the first times I, I hung out with JV, we played, well, besides, like, the movies or fun quests, whatever we did, we, we played basketball at the at our local community center. We called it the DAC in Carryville. Tennessee and outside of Memphis we played basketball and me and JB were just shooting around and I, I I guess I had a better ball and I made my shot and we were he had his own ball I had my ball I made my shot he he goes and rebounds my ball and he throws me back his shitty ball so I get to shoot with the, the worst basketball and he takes his he takes my good basketball and acts like nothing happened with it <laughs> Jay what are you doing I see what you're doing don't not a dumbass here so I can see he trust so like it's almost like he thinks he's being slick or something like I don't know <laughs> yeah it's like I'm sure he that's probably what he was in his room two hours doing he's probably just trying to think up a way to get that TV changer back <laughs> for two hours yeah make him a plot yeah. Um uh, back to the drawing board. <laughs> so um JB is flipping for you, I, I I guess is what you're saying. So there there um yeah, there were a lot of good games. What I was gonna say about that Georgia South Carolina game though, I was asking if you watched the entire game because um we, we, we did the preseason Twitter survey of who has a lot of stadium and South Carolina was like on up there with retweets and that's just a more of a uh, factor of how many people are active on Twitter, how many South Carolina fans are active. But Williams Bryce is a pretty loud stadium, and what I was watching for the pregame, they did the sandstorm, but they showed the very, very top of the stadium, and it looked like there were some seats that were empty at Williams Bryce. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of empty seats yesterday at Williams Bryce. I always believe that may have been part of the visitor section, but that I, I wouldn't expect that because Georgia fans travel really well. I'm thinking probably just the heat may have kept some fans from showing up yesterday, uh, you know, from buying, you know, the, the rest of the uh, general admission seats. 
because uh, it was really, really hot in Columbia yesterday. I think temperature at kickoff was like 93, 94 with, you know, heat index is well over 100. And it was it was brutal conditions yesterday. Yeah, so are we going to say this Georgia-South Carolina game? Are we going to say this is – we're going to chalk this up to Georgia just having better players or is there something that Will Muschamp did wrong here? Like, do you think if Nick Saban coached South Carolina's players yesterday is that he could have coached them to a win against Georgia at home? And I'll leave this up. I don't know. I just – I think that Georgia's just way better on both lines of scrimmage, honestly, and that's what the game came down to. Yeah, I think it's – Because South Carolina couldn't run the ball at all, and Georgia just ran the ball at will. So, I just think it had more to do with just the physicality of – Georgia's offensive and defensive lines. And if you listen to Muschamp talk after the game, he was talking about how frustrating it was because he felt like he felt like they they made a few mistakes. But um, he he kind of he also admitted after the game or in the second half, he's like, yeah, we just got whipped on, we got moved on the line of scrimmage, and that's just that's just what we're saying. I think it's just better players, better players, more physical. Another thing, I didn't I didn't know about this until I was watching the game, and they they featured it on CBS. Um, I'm sure y'all knew about this, but the I don't know if it's an offensive line coach, but Kirby Smart brought somebody in from Arkansas. I guess the offensive line coach who yeah, who, Sam Pittman. Yeah, so y'all y'all probably knew about this, but I didn't because I don't know much as much football as y'all do. But he they brought him from Arkansas, and he's doing the the offensive line at Georgia now, like the guys that are like six five, six seven, three hundred fifty pounds. So that's that's pretty cool to me. I think. Yeah, he's a <laughs> probably one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and. He does a really amazing job, honestly. He's probably one of the most underrated assistant coaches in college football, in my opinion. He doesn't really get the, the, you know, the accolades that he probably deserves, but he's up there as one of the top assistant coaches in the country. Um, with this game, um, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to JB. So you, you, you were a dumbass because you picked South Carolina to beat Georgia, but you were not a dumbass because when we talked about the SEC season before it started, you were talking about DeAndre Swift being the – breakout player, and I saw flashes of greatness uh, against South Carolina yesterday, so I thought he was really good. Well, I appreciate you giving me credit where credit is due. <laughs> um, is is Jake, is Jake Bentley ready for the big time yet, Holt, or is he still have some time to go? This is his third year now. We can't just keep saying he's a he's yeah. a high school senior playing playing college football. He's not that anymore. He's, he's a junior. He yeah. would technically be a sophomore, but, I mean, it's time for him to step up, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually thought he played pretty well. Um, you know, he didn't, have an outs- but... he didn't have an outstanding game. One of the interceptions was, yeah. like, thrown right at the receiver's hands to an open receiver, and he dropped it, and it tipped up. But, uh, I, you know, I thought he played pretty well. Um, I don't think many quarterbacks, uh, you know, would have made the difference in that game. I think it really had more to do with the fact that they couldn't run the ball than really anything else. Uh, he completed, you know, his completion percentage was pretty was pretty good. You know, he had some, you know, good passes in the game. I just, you know, I don't think they lost because of him. Are you are you higher on Jake Fromm now, or you still not? I mean, yeah, him? I mean, he, yeah, Jake Fromm played well. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not like crazy about him still. Like, I, I still think he's really good. I just, you know, um. It just it seems like most of the time he's handing the ball off and throwing to wide open receivers. But I mean, for the most part, Jake Fromm did play really well. He just had like that one interception where it looked like he was just under some pressure and just kind of threw the ball up, and there was no one there to catch it except for a South Carolina DB. So you know, I I thought Fromm 
played really well. Um, you know, it's obviously a tough environment, but I'm, you know, I don't think he's up there with like the top quarterbacks in the SEC. He's not up there with like Sidham and Locke. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Hart, I mean, uh, uh, Fromm has so many good weapons to throw to as well. Like he's got Ridley, Hardman, and Godwin. You know, he's got Holyfield and Swift to hand the ball off to. I mean, he's got plenty of guys, you know, dish it to that. It, the pressure is really not on him. And uh, Holyfield had a good game too yesterday. He had seventy six yards with a touchdown. Um, so he had a pretty good game, also. So yeah, it, it's it's a lot easier when you have good players around you. Um, you mentioned Ridley, as in Calvin Ridley's brother, Riley Ridley. I think. Um, do you think he has the potential to be as good as Calvin, JB? I mean, he's a junior now, so uh, he's definitely not as good as his brother Calvin, but he'll definitely be drafted in the NFL. You think based off name only? No, no, he's really talented. Uh, he can definitely. Uh, you know, beat you deep, and he's a good route runner. Uh, he's definitely got the talent. People people like Calvin a lot, and I liked him a lot. I didn't like him as much as Julio or Amari Cooper but at Alabama, but I still liked him. But he was also like a – I mean, he's what he, I feel like he was like a 25-year-old freshman too, so he was um, he was a little bit older than he was supposed to be. I forgot what his actual age. I think he's like 23 now or 24, but he was a little bit older than he was supposed to be, but he's still a good, good receiver at Alabama. Um, speaking of Alabama – they absolutely destroyed Arkansas State, which Arkansas State, I think, I don't know if they're a Sun Belt favorite, but they're a very respectable team in the Sun Belt, and they just kind of shut them out completely. I think they were up like forty to nothing at half, so it was pretty pretty crazy game. Um, I saw I saw at one point I didn't, I didn't watch this entire game because I'm not gonna watch the Alabama blowout again, but um, I was watching it and I I saw somebody tweet tweet something about like oh I guess they're not gonna redshirt Jalen Hurts because he's playing now. And so I immediately watched, flipped it over to Alabama because I was curious to see how he was doing. And when I flipped on to him, he got a couple first downs and he was going to run. He's going to run for a touchdown. He got hit pretty hard and fumbled at the goal line. And so I was like, man, this isn't good for Jalen to fumble like this. Now you're just giving the game to Tua. Um, but did y'all, did y'all watch any of that game? No. Uh, I didn't really. Maybe like. I can probably count on one hand how many snaps I watched. It's, we knew that game was going to be a blowout, and we knew that Tua and Hurts, you know, Tua was going to kill it. The only surprise that came out of this game for me, seeing Jalen Hurts play, because it was reported before the game that there was an agreement between Hurts yeah. and Saban to, uh, you know, redshirt. And but I mean, I, I, he can play in up to four games, but that's two games down now. That means he can only play two more games the rest of the season and, and still be redshirted. Yeah, I, that's what I, I heard that too, and I was like, I, I heard that yeah they were gonna redshirt him, and I don't know how that works. Like, how does how does that conversation even happen? Like, does Nick Saban go in and say, Jalen, let's let's talk. Um, you're not gonna play this year because two is better quarterback, but we're gonna try to redshirt you, protect you. I don't know if that's like a conversation you can have without like hurting somebody's pride. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I can I can imagine Saban being like, Jalen, you're <laughs> you're one of my best pliers. But he does not talk like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm trying. You, you sound you sound more like uh, your dad than uh, yeah. Nick Saban. Jordan. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I can't do the best Saban accent. We need someone like Robbie Zell to do it. But yeah, one. Um, whenever whenever Alabama keeps blowing them, blowing these teams out, I'm actually kind of excited to see Mac Jones play because he's supposed to be not bad either. Um, but. It's like he's a forgotten guy, but I was I was doing I was doing a little research. It's like okay, if Jalen 
Jalen transferred. They'll have Tua and Mac Jones. Tua's a sophomore now, and he could get drafted, I guess, maybe next year or he could play to a senior. Then Mac Jones is a redshirt freshman, I think, now. Um, so he could he could play right after Tua if he's like stays there and he's the guy and they don't recruit somebody better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we agree. We agree. We agree. <laughs> I'm just going to get you to talk like Saban the entire show. Well, see, I can't do – I can do Saban's hand gestures, but I just can't do uh, Saban's voice. But if you just wanted me to, like, do his hand motions and his body language, like, I could do it pretty well, I think. I think – I know <laughs> Saban's probably the greatest coach ever, but, I mean, he's he's fun to make fun of. He's got, like, short man syndrome, I think, and it's just – and you can, like, make fun of him for eating his little Debbies <laughs> every day. <laughs> And then just yelling, yelling at everybody for no reason with his Coke bottle <laughs> up towards the camera. Yeah, I always feel sorry for the Coke bottle there. Like it's taking all the heat every press conference. And this will this actually segue into the next next game with Clemson, Texas A and M. But Alabama now is two and zero. They beat um, Arkansas State pretty easily after winning their first game against Louisville pretty easily. Um, do you think? Oh, this is the whole. Do you think Alabama is they're they're ranked number one? But do you think they are the best team in the country, or do you think Clemson is, or Georgia, or somebody else? Um, I just have to go with Alabama right now. I mean, I know they haven't really had to prove much this year, but it's just hard to pick someone other than Alabama being the best team in the country. I mean, they're just so good every year yeah. that I just you know it, it's just hard to go against it. And they've won both their games pretty easily. I I still think I still think Clemson can beat Alabama like in the playoffs. But I think Alabama looks so much better than everybody else. They, I mean, I don't think Louisville was even that good, but it's just it's just crazy how they just dominate everybody so much. Um, so I just they look to me like they deserve to be born. So after after watching last night's A and M Clemson game, I don't think Alabama will have if if that Clemson defense, especially in the secondary, is was that prone. I could see Tua like shredding that. Clemson defense, and it may not even matter about that Clemson defensive line getting pressure because we know Alabama's offensive line can hold its own. I mean, it's not the. I mean, it's definitely not as elite as the previous offensive lines Alabama's had, but it would hold its own against the Clemson defensive line. At least give two enough time to scan the field, and I could see Alabama scoring, you know, thirty points. Speaking of um, that Clemson defense, JB, are you ready to give Kellen Mond the Heisman now? No. But uh, Kellen Mond really won me over last night. Uh, he's impressive, has so much poise in the pocket, uh, especially when he was under pressure. Like, he is going to be an absolute stud in Jimbo Fisher's system. Yeah. Well, what were you more, most impressed with uh, yesterday with Texas A&M Clemson? I mean, Texas A&M lost, close game. Um, but were you just impressed with how Texas A&M played overall yesterday, how Jimbo coached them, how Kellen Mond played? how um, their defense held up against Clemson in the fourth quarter. How, what were you most impressed with? Yeah, I mean, I got to say Kellen Mond. Um, I mean, he just looked so poised and just calm, like, the whole game. And uh, the Texas A&M receivers also looked really good. Rodgers and Ospin both played outstanding. Um, you know, if you – if you look at the game, they missed a chip shot field goal early in the game. They missed uh, another field goal later in the game. And they had a really bad call on a fumble um, with about five, four or five minutes left in the game uh, going into the end zone where they got called a touchback and Clemson got the ball back, even though it looked like 
the ball went out of bounds before the pylon. So they really just kind of caught some really tough breaks in that game. And, I mean, honestly, I think they could have very easily won that game had it not been for for all of that happening. And uh, I think Texas A&M showed that they're one of the, you know, one of the better teams in the SEC. And uh, Clemson was very, very fortunate to get out of there with a the win. It's just like, man, I, I just don't know what to do for this SEC West now. Because it's like there's no teams that are giving up. Every single team are they still undefeated? I'm trying to think. No, Arkansas lost yesterday, but I mean, every single team and Texas A&M lost too, I guess. But um, uh, every single team in the West just looks really, really good. Um, besides Arkansas, I guess because they lost, but Texas A&M looks good against Clemson. Um, Mississippi State looks good against Kansas State. Ole Miss just their defense doesn't score, but they their off or their defense doesn't stop anybody. Their offense scores 100 points a game. And Alabama and Auburn's obviously good. It's just it's just crazy to me. And LSU looks good too. It's crazy to me how great the West is. Like this, I mean, we'll see at the end of the year. But this year might be one of the best years for the West. Yeah, I mean it. You know, Arkansas looks like it's going to be a rebuilding year for them. You know, just like I said, Ole Miss, their defense is you know really not good, but their offense is also really explosive and enough to keep them in any game they play. So. I mean, when you're looking at the SEC West, I don't know. A lot of people have been trying to act like the Big Ten East is better, but, I mean, I don't think that's really true. No, definitely definitely not now. Like, maybe you had an argument maybe last year and the beginning of this year, but um, before the season started, but now since two weeks in, it just doesn't look like there's anybody, any division better than SEC West. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound a little sacrilegious, but I didn't get to watch the entire Clemson-Texas a game ahead. Um, other obligations to fulfill, I guess you can say. But um, I was watching it. I watched all the way up to the first half. Um, can either of you or both of you tell me, um, it looks like, I know it was raining the first half. Did it rain the entire second half too? I, I didn't notice it raining. It definitely was raining. Did you notice that, JB? No, I, I, I didn't really. But, you know, sometimes the cameras are not going to really pick up the rain either. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to tell. But I'm pretty sure it was raining in the first half. Or it looks like it was raining whenever I was watching it. Uh, but maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. But um, one thing I was impressed, not as to see about that Clemson game, is uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, people make a big deal about him, but he's um, he looks like he is going to be the next best quarterback coming up out of college to NFL. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a big-time prospect. I mean, he's going to easily be a top-five NFL pick and uh, you know, two, three years from now when after he completes his junior season. He'll be the Clemson starter going forward uh, starting next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he supplants a Kelly Bryant before this year is over. Yeah. That's how good he is. Like, he's just that good. Yeah, and I, I, I think that as the season progresses and he learns the system, I could see uh, Dabo tabbing up. Trevor Lawrence as a starter. When when you have a good player like that, some people say like you want to preserve him so he has the most eligibility, but he's going to be gone after his junior year. So you really just want to play him yeah, possible. Exactly. He's a three year guy. Yeah, he's he's way too good to stay there. I, I turned it. I, I was watching, I think, another game. I think I was watching an LSU game for a second, and then I flipped back to the Clemson game. And right when uh, Trevor Lawrence was playing, and he threw, he like just came in, he threw that one touchdown pass. And the, the pass was great, but the, that catch was even greater, better and the move after the catch. Yep, T. Higgins is a stud, too. Uh, he's definitely got some good receivers with T. Higgins and Amari Rodgers. So, um, it looks like Trayvon Williams didn't have as big of a game. Is, was that Clemson's defense, or was that just, we're going we're gonna to play this game through Kellen Mond. He looks like he's doing great. Well, what was going on? Uh, I think late in the game, 
they kind of had to throw the ball just because they were behind and Mon was doing really well. But uh, Clemson's defense did a really good job of shutting down the running game. Um, their defensive line caused a lot of problems, and there weren't really any holes for him to run through. So uh, it was kind of tough sledding for uh, the AM running game yesterday. Yeah, so um, Kellen Mond, he, also, he always had um, a lot of potential coming out of high school. But do you think it's Jimbo getting the most out of him, or is it like his, his sophomore year, I think? Or, yeah, I guess I think it's his redshirt sophomore year. But do you think it's just one year with uh, Jimbo as opposed to Kevin Sumlin? Do you think that's like the effect of Kellen Mond being better this year as opposed to last year? Maybe. I mean, I, I, he was he showed flashes last year of being really good. Now, I remember that Alabama game was really similar to the Clemson game yesterday where it looked like he was about to be, you know, about to take off and become like a great, you know, quarterback in the SEC. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it has to do with Jimbo Fisher and how much just has to do with, you know, having more experience and, you know, more time in the offseason. And, uh, you know, being named the starter, I'm sure helps when you don't have to look over your shoulder, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how much of it's Jimbo and how much of it is, you know, just like I said, it's just more experience. Yeah, um, there were there were other games going on at that time besides the Clemson Texas A&M game. Uh, one thing that I would really rather not highlight, but we should talk about, is this um, Arkansas loss to Colorado State. I was a little disappointed that they lost to Colorado State. We knew this was going to be a re- rebuilding year for Arkansas um, with new system, new coach, uh, but Colorado State lost to Colorado really badly and. I mean, it was that Colorado State, I guess. So it was that. But yeah, it was. It was. Um, and we were we were really excited about their Arkansas quarterbacks. What's his name? JB Ty Story. Ty Story. Ty Story. Yeah. So did y'all did y'all check this game out at out at? Uh, excuse me. Did you check this game out at all, or did you just watch the Clemson game? Uh, we we flipped over there, you know, during commercials. Uh, like the two primary games we watched last night was the. Uh, uh, Clemson A and M game, and then Florida Kentucky, but uh, we did watch some of the Arkansas uh, Colorado State game. It'd just be you know at the right time, but it was disappointing because most of the time Arkansas had this game in hand. I remember they had a twenty seven nine lead. I think was it in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they. Um, I'm looking at the the box score now. They um, they gave up. Colorado some- State scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, and Arkansas didn't score any, so that was that was the game. So it's it's crazy that they pretty much came back like that and uh, won the game. But I don't know, man. Colorado State is not like a good team either. Like they've already lost. I think they got blown out by Hawaii the first week, and then and they, they lost Colorado. Yeah, they Colorado pretty badly last week too. So. Definitely, you know, that their backs were up against the wall, and if they were going to turn their season around, they'd have to do it yesterday. But, but uh, going- for Arkansas, that's kind of a tough loss. I mean, I know we thought it was going to be a rebuilding year, but I don't know if we thought they would lose this game. Yeah, I mean, going into the year, I thought Colorado State was going to be better than they are because they're usually just like a 7 or 8 win team with Mike Bobo. And I don't think he's ever going to get another job if he's, you know, just coaching them to 8 wins. He'll just stay there and not get fired, but – um, I thought they were going to be a decent team going into the year, but um, after those two losses, yeah, they didn't they didn't look too good. And this looks like one that Arkansas should have won, um, especially coming off not a huge win the first game, but like it just looks like their offense had a little bit more um, fluid, fluidity, fluid, more fluid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Not a <laughs> not a wordsmith here, JB. 
Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and pick on JB for a second. Aren't you? Aren't you excited that um, Tennessee is not like the joke of the SEC anymore because they actually did did not lose to Tennessee State and they also saved everybody from uh, having to witness the what was the East Tennessee State coach said he said he's going to walk back to campus with a goalpost naked or something like that. Yes, that would be Coach Randy Sanders. Yeah. What, what was what was the whole thing? And that's so funny because I was watching it. I heard it on game day, and and they were talking about it afterwards. And I was like, I guess he just doesn't think they're going to win. Like, that's not something typical a coach would say if you're trying to give your team confidence. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody in Tennessee State knew that they weren't going to win this game. But, like, you still – wouldn't want your coach to say something like that to say like, Oh, well you're not going to win. So I'll just, I'll do something crazy like this. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just more just <clears throat> trying to fire up his players a little bit, like give him some motivation. But uh, even when you're playing a program like Tennessee, even if Tennessee program is down, like it's still going to be a tall task for any FCS team to go into Knoxville and come away with a victory. Even when Tennessee is down, like they are. Has uh, Tennessee lost to Tennessee state? No, they have not. <laughs> It's a good rivalry they have going on then. It is. Uh, did you watch the entire Tennessee game, JB? No, <clears throat> just uh, just you know maybe like first half. No, like if you want to combine, like I probably watched at least close to two quarters of the game, but yeah, I didn't watch too much of it. I, my my priority, I mean, you know, I like Tennessee. My priority is usually watching the better games and you know the better matchups. Okay. Any any big takeaways for the Tennessee game against the Tennessee Day? I mean, I don't think you could really have too many takeaways against a inferior opponent like that. Well, for the first time since 2007, Tennessee scored a touchdown in all facets of the game. They scored a touchdown on offense, on defense, and on, and on special teams. So that's definitely uh, impressive. Are you gaining more and more confidence in Garantano? Yeah, Garantano looked good. Uh, Keller Chris came in and looked pretty sharp as well. Threw a uh, 50-yard strike to Josh Palmer for a touchdown. That was impressive. So, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely showed improvement. Uh, that's what you want to see from week one to week two. Although the offensive line still concerns me for them. Uh, they're not going to win a lot of games if their offensive line doesn't improve. You said somebody it, somebody went out, right, with offensive line? Somebody got hurt top of the year? Yeah, Brandon Kennedy did go out for the season. Their starting center, the grad transfer from Alabama. But as I was saying, the offensive line, like, if they can't improve, they're going to struggle to win four or five games this year. Like, if their offensive line was half decent, Tennessee could easily win uh, six, seven, maybe even eight games if the offensive line could actually perform. But without the offensive line, they're not going to go far. I actually saw somebody on my Snapchat that was at this game, and they're not, they're not, they're from Atlanta. And I was trying to think, why would you want to go to this game? I guess because it's cheap. And uh, it's easy easy to get tickets to, but I personally like I I'd rather pay more money than go to a game that's gonna be a blowout like this. But yeah, I I, I, I agree too. Yeah, my uh, actually a guy I work with went to the Georgia Austin P game. I was like, why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? But um, yeah, so good for Tennessee getting getting the first W of the year. Um, we'll see how many more they get. Um, but you'll be happy to know that Tennessee could now maybe compete with Florida because Florida doesn't look as good as we thought. Or maybe Kentucky's better, but I don't think Kentucky's that good. Because let's, let's rewind this. We Last week, Kentucky beat Central Michigan. They had trouble beating them. I think they won 35-21. to 21, and They had trouble beating Central Michigan. Central Michigan lost by like 30 points to Kansas at home. So they're not good. So you would think Kentucky's not great because they struggled with Central Michigan. 
Then for the first time in 31 years, Kentucky beat Florida at Florida last night. So maybe Florida isn't as good as we thought. Holt? Yeah, this was definitely a very fun game to watch. Um, it was a fun game? Had, yeah, it had a lot of uh, – I mean, especially like at the end. Yeah. It just There was just a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think – is it Terry Wilson? Is that the quarterback's name? For Kentucky, the, yep. the running quarterback? Yep, Terry Wilson. It is yeah, Terry Wilson. He, he uh, had a couple bad turnovers in this game, but other than that, played really well. He's got a lot of tools, really strong arm, really athletic. Um, so he's, he's a pretty fun guy to watch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a, a crazy ending there. Florida looked like they made a field goal, but the officials said it was no good. And uh, everyone was kind of freaking out about it. <laughs> yeah, and, that, that, uh, the, that was we, so funny. We weren't sure if they could review it or not. Like, you know, me and JB are both pulling for Kentucky. So, like, you know, we're like, snap the ball, snap the ball. And like, you know, they, when they finally snapped the ball, we just, like, started busting out laughing because we knew that, like, he made the field goal, but they didn't give him the points for it. And then, <laughs> and it, and then it was the last play of the game where – Felipe Franks uh, got hit from behind and uh, like kind of like threw the ball forward and it looked like it was definitely an incomplete pass, but the referees didn't blow the play dead. So the Kentucky D- uh, DB picked it up and started jogging to the end zone and like hit an offensive lineman from Florida following him. And then he kind of, you know, they both kind of slowed up before the goal line because they just assumed the play was over and the Kentucky DB runs back and tries to throw it to the officials, and then everybody's screaming at him to run in the end zone. So he turns around and starts running, and then the offensive lineman tries to tackle him and pull him down, but it's, like, right on the goal line. He reaches the ball over. So it's kind of a, a crazy, <laughs> crazy, I, funny, I, weird play to, to end the game on. It was a lot of fun to watch. I saw one of y'all tweet that. I, I'm assuming it was JB, but whoever, whoever tweeted it, you rewinded your TV to play, and I could hear you, like, laughing in the background, JB. It was kind of funny. Yeah, that was me. Uh, I can't. I couldn't stop laughing because that was like the third take that I watched the replay, and even then, like I just couldn't stop laughing because it was just the most bizarre play. The, sh- the funniest part for me is both of those players, uh, the Florida player and the Kentucky player, both thought the play was dead, but the Florida player was still trailing the Kentucky defense, you know, defensive back just in case. And then as soon as the Kentucky defense defensive back uh, saw the Kentucky coaches telling him run to the end zone, the play's not dead, and then the Florida player just grabbed him by his jersey and they like dragged him like like a few yards and then the defensive back for Kentucky just reached the ball over the goal line and got the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, if um if Kentucky can get their quarterback play underway like last night, um they might not be a bad team because we we pretty much know Benny Snell is gonna be pretty good. Um he had 175 yards last night. He's I think second in the conference behind we'll talk about it in a second, but behind um Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss. But he has 300 yards in two games, had 175 yards last night. So, um, pretty good game for him. But, if, like I said, if they can get the quarterback play underway, then um, they're going to be a pretty good offensive team at least. Um, so, I, hold on, I'll ask you, do you think, um, watching this Florida game, can you see, like, can you see Mississippi State playing in this Florida, Florida offense? Like, can you see the Dan Mullen offense from Mississippi State and, and Florida's offense right now? Um, it, well, I was actually made this comment to JB yesterday, but it kind of reminds me a lot of when uh, Tyler Russell was a quarterback at Mississippi State under Dan Mullen, uh, mm-hmm. because he's kind of like a bigger guy with a good arm, but maybe not the best runner. Yeah, and it just doesn't like the offense just doesn't quite 
work. It's just not quite in sync when he doesn't have like that, you know, physical runner at quarterback, um, like a, you know, Tim Tebow or Dak Prescott or Nick Fitzgerald. Um, it just doesn't look the same. So, uh, you know, I just think going forward, it's going to be tough with Felipe Franks because he just doesn't really fit the system. And I just don't think he's really the quarterback that he was cracked up to be anyway. Um, have we so already, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to go forward this year. Have you I, – I wasn't super active on Twitter last night, but have you already seen grumblings, rumors about or fans talk about wanting Emory Jones to start playing? I mean, I'm sure they do. Um, I, I haven't – I don't follow a lot of Florida fans, so I, I haven't seen that, but I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just like we said before, Dan Mullen's not really the type of coach who's going to play a true freshman quarterback. He's – leans a lot more towards seniority. Yeah. So with this Kentucky Florida game, Kentucky winning, Georgia killing South Carolina, what does this all mean for the East? Because I mean we we just now we just assume Georgia's gonna run the East, but what about like second and third? Like who who's gonna be second? We don't even know. That's that's what I don't yeah. understand. What, what do you Yeah, I think George I think Georgia's gonna be second and Missouri's gonna be first. But that's oh, just my opinion. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri. The team the team literally no one is talking about like at all. Well, you're, you're, I, like I love like because everyone thought that South Carolina was going to be good, so now everyone's just like, oh well, I guess the race is over like week two. But I'm telling you guys, watch out for Missouri. Good well, luck. Missouri, is, yeah, is go legit. ahead. Missouri, Missouri has won two games in a row um, against inferior opponents, so they haven't played anybody great yet. But your 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 boy, your man crush, man crush Monday every day for you, Drew Locke had four touchdowns. And 398 yards against Wyoming, so that's still good numbers regardless of who you play. Um, we'll see. I'm trying to think when when does Missouri actually play somebody besides Memphis? Um, when do they, they actually play Purdue? They play Purdue next week, and then Georgia, I think. Okay. Did you watch any of the Missouri game yesterday? Uh, I flipped through a little bit. Um, looked like Missouri's defense played pretty well. Um, the offense took a little while to get rolling, but once they did. You know, Drew Locke had a huge game throwing, and I think he had a couple of long runs too. Are you so a good game for them? Are you since you you do you like Mississippi State, obviously? Um, are you actually rooting for Missouri to like win the East? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially since I've been hyping them up so much yeah. on the show. Yeah, you can't you can't turn back now. I I mean I wouldn't mind seeing Missouri do. I don't know. I still I, I'm I like SEC, and I kind of want just an SEC team to make the playoff and win the championship. So I kind of want um, Georgia win because I think they're the they're the best chance of winning in the long term. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing Missouri do well. If, like, Georgia's going to lose one, it'd be cool to see them lose Missouri. But yeah. we shall see. Um, so, yeah, Drew Locke had four touchdowns. Typical Drew Locke. And um, Heisman update, he's still got a shit ton of yards. Let's see how many yards he has total. He does not have as many yards as – Wilger, obviously JB, he doesn't have as many yards as Jordan Tamu. So we'll talk about that in a second. But Drew Lock, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll tell you real quick. Drew Lock has 687 yards compared to Jordan Tamu's 784 yards. So we'll we'll switch over to the Ole Miss game for a second. So Ole Miss, I mean, they just don't know how to play defense, but they do know how to play offense. So I mean, that's gonna. I think that's going to get them trouble in SEC play when there's better defenses. But um, do you think they can like legitimately outscore all their SEC opponents? I mean, besides Alabama, we'll, we'll, we'll just I'm just asking this question. I guess is how is this going to play out in the SEC West when defense runs the West and Ole Miss is just trying to outscore everybody? Do you think that'll last in the West? 
No, I don't. Like, I mean, I, I think they may win one or two games that they're not supposed to. But for the most part, I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'll put up some points against some of the better defenses they'll play. But their defense isn't going to be able to stop a lot of the offenses in the SEC. And it's just going to be a lot of high-scoring kind of ugly games. And I think Ole Miss is going to be on the losing end of most of those. JB, do you have more respect for Matt Luke at Ole Miss now than you did before the season started? I think my respect's about the same. Uh, the offense is really solid. I mean, he's definitely got a really great offense to work with. But you're not going to win games just by outscoring everybody, especially not in this conference, the SEC. And, I mean, if you're struggling to stop Southern Illinois, what's it going to be like next week when you're playing this Alabama offense led by Tua and all the weapons that he has – you know, to deal with. And also, especially the running backs, you know, like Damian Harris. And, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, I don't see them stopping this Alabama offense at all. Alabama's going to score at will. And this Alabama defense is going to make enough stops, too. I, I don't – Alabama will outscore Ole Miss and they'll make enough stops. Are you still going to the Ole Miss-Alabama game? I am indeed. What, what Is that going to be a CBS game next week, you think? No, it's going to be a night game. Who's the CBS yes. game next week? LSU-Auburn. Ooh, good one. We'll, we'll preview that then in a few days, so we'll uh, we'll we'll save that for later. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think I mean I think Ole Miss can compete out of conference pretty with teams that don't play as great defense. But um, it's just it's gonna be tough, like I was saying in the West. It's it's gonna be tough. One thing that people talk about people obviously talk about the the NWO, the nasty whiteouts of Ole Miss, uh, was led by AJ Brown. Who has? I mean, you can maybe legitimately say Heisman watch now. I don't. I don't know for sure because like almost isn't going to win all their games probably. But um, I mean, he's probably the best wide receiver in the country, like we said earlier. But people talk about the wide receivers and Jordan Tamu doing really well. But people aren't talking about Scotty Phillips, and he has three hundred and thirteen yards, I think, in the uh for the for the year. Only two games, three hundred eleven yards, excuse me, for the year, and he um he is. Uh, I think fourth in the country, so people need to start talking about him a little bit. If he, um, you know, keeps getting these big games, I just, I just think he um, kind of like Drew Lock. People don't talk about Drew Lock enough. People don't talk about Scotty Phillips enough. Um, but other games around the country and around the SEC, specifically, we'll talk about Mississippi State, Kansas State for the next hour because I know Holt was really happy with that win um, at Kansas State. I don't know um, Holt were there were the Kansas State fans were they um, were they a little cocky before this game started. Um, I mean, I had seen some stuff on, like, the internet, like, Twitter and stuff like that, yeah. but, I mean, I don't know how many of them, like, were serious about it. I mean, I, Mississippi State, I, you know, I saw anywhere from a 7 to a 10-point line in this game. Uh, Mississippi State was favored. Um, a lot of national people were picking Kansas State to, to cover, maybe not win, but uh, just because of Bill Schneider and all that stuff. But it was pretty obvious from the start that Mississippi State was just a way more talented team. In Kansas State, Colin Hill uh, had a huge game, kind of a coming out party for him. Um, his sophomore running back, uh, former four-star, um, who's actually starting over Aries Williams, who had a really big year last year, 1,100 yards, and uh, had that big game against Alabama last year, if you guys remember that. And uh, But Colin Hill actually took over the starting job, um, had 17 rushes for 211 yards, two touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. So... He looks like uh, the next, you know, big thing in Mississippi State. Nick Fitzgerald uh, was you. in his. All right, go ahead. A second, sorry. Um, you can you can talk about their their great new running back, but he's still 
the second best running back behind Nick Nick Fitzgerald on the team. I don't. I actually don't agree with that. You don't. But no, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald. Uh, I was actually just about to say that, but he really struggled throwing the ball yesterday. Um, but he did. He had 150 passing yards, 150 rushing yards. Um, so he had a huge game running the ball too. Um, but uh, it's just kind of interesting to see what this offense is going to look like going forward when they play some teams that are maybe a little bit better against the run, um, if they're able to to throw the ball when they need to. And we, we don't know enough about Kansas State to see how good or bad they'll be for the year. I mean, they're, I feel like they're just a, always a seven or eight win team, kind of like Colorado State now. Uh, but I just, I'm just i not sure about how good Kansas State was. But, I mean, regardless of how good Kansas State may or may not be um, this year, I think you can watch that game and just kind of have, like, the eye test that Mississippi State looks pretty good. Um I'm surprised you don't think Fitzgerald is better than um, Hill running, but I no, think... Colin Hill is more of a pure like running back for okay. sure. Okay, I I, I I sit there and watch that game, and then I watch the, a little bit of the Florida game, and I, I just think about like Dan Mullen would probably sit there and wishes he was wishing he's back at Mississippi State instead of Florida for this season at least because. Um, this is a good team, and uh, Moorhead's got a got a good offense rolling and a good defense too. So um, they're, I think they're gonna be good this year. I, I don't know if it, it's just so tough in the West. I, I think they're still the probably third best team in the West behind Auburn and Alabama, but um, they, they could definitely beat either team. I think Alabama. Well, they could beat Auburn. I don't know about Alabama. Alabama's so good, but um, they're they're really they're really good. I think um, is what I'm trying to say. Other games besides Mississippi State. Um, I was I was actually impressed with Vanderbilt beating Nevada, um, even though Nevada's not a great team, but they beat Nevada forty-one to ten. So um, Shermer had two hundred fifty-eight yards, two touchdowns. He's twenty-three for thirty-two. It's a pretty good pretty good day for him. And I mean, we probably I think we predicted Vanderbilt to start out two and zero, beat Middle Tennessee and then Nevada, but um, we I don't think we thought it would be this easier they would look this good doing this i don't know if vanderbilt's gonna do any damage in sec but they could now because the east looks a little bit more open than it did <laughs> earlier but um vanderbilt vanderbilt looks like a better team so shout out to Derek mason for looking good um jb you have anything you scared you scared about vanderbilt this year as a tennessee fan no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not to be like no disrespectful to vanderbilt because they have beaten us the last two years but I mean, I, I still think Vanderbilt has the potential to be pretty decent. Uh, they've won the first two games. I mean, we expected them to win these first two. But I want to see how they look when they get into conference play. Like, that's when we can really judge this Vanderbilt team. Uh, they've won these. They've won both of these games convincingly, which is, uh, I guess, maybe a little bit better than what we expected, even though we expected them to win. But, you know, let's wait and see when they get into conference play. Yeah. Uh, what about what about Kentucky as a Tennessee fan, J.B.? Usually, I always joke joke to you about this, but I was like, no matter what, Tennessee beats Vanderbilt and Kentucky every year. Is, and I feel like they beat Kentucky more than they do Vanderbilt, but um, last year obviously was a really bad year for Tennessee. But are you a little bit more nervous about Kentucky after they beat Florida, or are you more excited because Tennessee could beat Florida now? I always look at uh, Tennessee is to Kentucky what Florida is to Tennessee. Like, Tennessee, like no matter how bad Tennessee is or how good Kentucky is, Tennessee just seems to always find a way to beat Kentucky uh, with the exception of last year. So, uh, it, I mean, I like this Kentucky team, though. I like uh, this team looks a lot better than I expected in the preseason. They impressed me last night with their, you know, victory on the road at Florida. And I, I, it's it's going to be interesting. I think once we get into conference play, we'll, well, I mean, they already have their first conference game under their belt. But 
as we get deeper into the season, as we get into October, we'll learn a lot more about this Kentucky team. As good as the the West is um, compared to the East, I think the East is even more wide open than the West because you just you think it's going to be Alabama or or Mississippi State a little bit. Some people are saying that, but I think it's going to be either Alabama or Auburn in the West. Uh, really good teams in the West, but you just kind of know who the best who the best teams are. The East, you know, Georgia is the best, but after that, like you just think everybody's going for second in the East, and it's just you do. Like, I really think, like, it, it is wide open to me from, like, the second to fifth slots. Like, yeah. It's... Yeah, I think it, I think it would be um, interesting to watch play out. Other two games, SEC, rough blowouts. Um, Auburn beat Alabama State 63-9. to And LSU beat Southeastern Louisiana 31 to nothing. Not really any big takeaways from those games. Um, I just... No, just taking care of business. That's what both those teams were expected to do, and – both of them, uh, you know, got to play their uh, second and third strings and give their starters a rest, and both will be ready to go next week. Yeah, um, I I'm always interested to see in like these big blowout games how how good the defense holds up through four quarters. I mean, obviously their defense is going to overpower the other team's offense, the inferior offense. But I always like when teams have huge blowouts, but they also don't allow like a touchdown at the end. Like that's what I love watching Alabama because they 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 get up by forty or fifty points. And then the fourth quarter, you think there would be some garbage points scored, but there usually never is. And it's just it's so uh, fun for me to watch teams that play with high intensity the entire game on defense. And that's yeah, just you know, play a full 60 minutes. That's what you expect with saving coach teams. Yeah, in fact, uh, not to talk about Alabama too much, but I, I did meet an Alabama fan last night, and I, I was joking with her. I was like, how could you, how could you allow – Arkansas State score seven points. She got actually actually got mad at me, and I was kind of I was kind of laughing a little bit. I was like, "You're fucking Alabama. You win a national championship like every other year. Like, calm down. It's okay." But um, yeah, one thing uh, I'll say about this LSU game is your boy Brissett. I don't know whose boy, but one of y'all's boys, Brissett, had 137 yards. Um, so I think that's a really good sign for them because uh, we're kind of nervous about how LSU was gonna be in the run game after losing obviously Fortnite two years ago and then guys last year. So you weren't super sure, but this is another good week for Brissett, which was expected, but um, I think that's a good sign for them going up next week in Auburn. Um, anything other outstanding things that happened over the SEC weekend that you all want to talk to before we uh, tell everybody to follow us and listen to us for the next podcast? I don't think so. I'm, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, that was actually very efficient. Um, this is the first NFL Sunday, so I'm assuming JB is, like, pacing right now, trying to watch Red Zone the next two minutes. So um, we will see you all next week. Actually, I guess this week in a few days to preview uh, Georgia-Auburn and all the other big SEC games next week. Make sure you do follow us and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to us on iTunes and everything else at SEC Slow Smoke. Thank you for listening.